In Training with Watson Cook. As Christians, we're all in training to grow in our walk with Jesus. No matter if you have been saved for 90 years or if you're like me, new in your relationship with Jesus. God's Word is so powerful. We should have a hunger each day to dive in and train ourselves to live out His plan for us. So join me as I've been called to share my story and what I've learned through my short time in training. Welcome into In Training as we get into the second part of the words of the wise that we started last week. I want to start with this thought today. What do we do with advice from our elders, from our teachers, from our preachers? When we get advice, when we hear it, what do we do with it? Do we ignore it? Do we listen? Do we apply it to our lives? Do we meditate on it? Do we dig into it and want to know more? If not, perhaps that is what we should be doing. Why? Because that's what we're told to do by the teacher. That's what we're told to do with God's Word. Joshua 1 verse 8 says, But you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So when we read the Bible, do we just read it and see the words? Or do we soak it in? Do we meditate on it? Do we want to dig deeper and know more? We should. Last week, we left off with saying 15 of 30 in Proverbs 23, verses 19 through 21. So we'll pick up here with saying 16 in verses 22 through 25. Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy truth and do not sell it. By wisdom, instruction, and understanding, the father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. Wisdom. Acquiring wisdom is one of the best ways we can fulfill the command to honor our parents, to honor the Father, to honor God. Speaking of God, Job says in Job twenty-eight twenty-eight, And he said to man, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to turn away from evil is understanding. So what we're told here in 22 through 25, it says, By truth, by wisdom by instruction and understanding. And this takes me to the parable of the hidden treasure in Matthew thirteen forty four, which says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Now, this parable is not referring to earning your salvation. It's talking about the value 
of the hidden treasure. What's the hidden treasure here? The kingdom of heaven. It's talking about the value of the kingdom of heaven, which is worth way more than any sacrifice we could make to buy it. Saying 17, verses 26 through 28, My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. For a prostitute is a deep pit. An adulteress is a narrow well. She lies in wait like a robber and increases the traitors among mankind. A deep pit or well meaning she entraps where man cannot escape. Then it says like a robber in that she will cost him dearly. Increases the traitors of mankind. Her actions affect far more than the sinner alone. Saying they can corrupt and ruin communities even. And all this is prefaced with Give me your heart and observe my ways. This is a guide for parents that their target in teaching their children has to be the deepest core of that child's inner life. Saying 18, verses 29 through 35, Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaining? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who tarry long over wine, those who go to try mixed wine, do not look at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup and goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. Your eyes will see strange things and your heart utter perverse things. You will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea, like one who lies on the top of a mast. They struck me, you will say, but I was not hurt. They beat me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake? I must have another drink. Like, Last week in verses 19 through 29 where we talked about not being sloppy. This doesn't say do not drink. It's referring to the foolishness of a drunken state. Your eyes will see strange things. A drunken person cannot see clearly. He cannot perceive the cause and effect connection of events. Like one who lies on the top of a mast. If you're on a mast, you're you're pretty unstable, right? So this can be referring to either the staggering ways of a drunkard or maybe the nausea that goes along with it. Sound familiar to anyone? It's not a good feeling. I've been there. Saying 19, and this takes us into chapter 24, so now Proverbs chapter 24 Verses 1 and 2, Be not envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them. For their hearts devise violence, and their lips talk of trouble. Your peers can be the greatest threat to your moral life. 
young people hear of peer pressure all the time. Like we talked about last week, choose your friends, your peers, wisely. Saying 20, verses 3 and 4. By wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Wisdom's benefits, a house built and filled, those are material things. But the means by which they are received, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, all comes from fear of the Lord. Therefore, those riches, those precious and pleasant riches, our priority in those should always be pursuing wisdom. In Luke 16, verse 11, If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, meaning money, earthly possessions, if then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you to the true riches, which is referring to heavenly rewards in God's kingdom, meaning if you can't be trusted with the little things, how is God going to trust you with the big things? Saying 21, verses 5 and 6, A wise man is full of strength, and a man of knowledge enhances his might, for by wise guidance you can wage your war, and in abundance of counselors there is victory. Wisdom is the source of true strength. What good is power and strength and might without wisdom, without knowing how to apply it? In abundance of counselors, there is victory. Surround yourself with wise individuals. Again, we're not talking just smart, intelligent. Wisdom is what? Fearing the Lord. Think about our government leaders today, those with power. How many, quote, wise individuals can you point out? Scary, huh? Saying 22, verse 7. Wisdom is too high for a fool. In the gate he does not open his mouth. Other Proverbs point out where a fool never stops talking. Here it's referring to when a serious talk, a serious conversation, a serious analysis is needed, the fool is at a loss. As we talked about last week, the gate refers to a place of legal transactions or business transactions. So a fool that just runs his mouth nonstop, when it comes time to take something seriously, he, he's at a loss. Saying 23, verses 8 and 9, Whoever plans to do evil will be called a schemer. The devising of folly is sin, and the scoffer is an abomination to mankind. Those who plan, who want to do evil, 
they quickly earn a reputation for it. And those people are disgusting to society. Saying 24, verse 10, If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. We've all heard that, right? This is saying be strong and courageous in times of adversity. And how do you help yourself do that? By acquiring wisdom. Saying 25, verses 11 and 12. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, Behold, we did not know this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? Going back to verse 10 and acting with courage and integrity amid difficult circumstances, we should not only look out for ourselves, but also those suffering injustice from the wicked, those walking a path that leads to destruction. And claiming ignorance of a widely known evil is no excuse for not rescuing those. Because who knows our heart? God. God will repay man according to his work. God knows our heart. Our deeds reveal our heart, no matter if we're on the path of life or on the path of destruction. Saying 26, verses 13 and 14, My son, eat honey, for it is good, and the drippings of the honeycomb are sweet to your taste. Know that wisdom is such to your soul. If you find it, there will be a future, and your hope will not be cut off. Just as honey is sweet to the taste and good for the body, wisdom is sweet to the soul that feeds on it. Wisdom, fearing God, provides hope for a future. And what future is that? Eternity in God's kingdom. Saying 27, verses 15 and 16. Lie not in wait as a wicked man against the dwelling of the righteous. Do no violence to his home. For the righteous falls seven times and rises again. But the wicked stumble in times of calamity. Don't join the wicked in their ways. If you do, your character will be formed in ways that will not be beneficial to you in adverse times. How are the righteous able to fall seven times but rise again and again? How are they able to do that? Because their sustenance comes from the Lord. Saying 28, verses 17 and 18. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, 
And let not your heart be glad when he stumbles, lest the Lord see it and be displeased and turn away his anger from him. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls. This reflects the heart of God. God doesn't want the wicked to fall, to die. He wants them to what? Repent. God wants the wicked to repent. In Ezekiel 33, verse 11, it says, As I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back. Turn back from your evil ways. If God, again, the one who knows all hearts, if God can forgive and want the wicked to repent, shouldn't we? Saying 29, verses 19 and 20. Fret not yourself because of evildoers, and be not envious of the wicked. For the evil man has no future. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. Those who are righteous must beware of two attitudes. One, a gloating celebration when the wicked fall. That one we just talked about. And the second, a fear that they never will fall. The wicked have two choices. Repent, or as it says here in verse 20, the lamp of the wicked will be put out. Again, they have two choices. Repent, or they will fall. And last but not least, saying 30, verses 21 and 22. My son, fear the Lord and the King, and do not join with those who do otherwise, for disaster will arise suddenly from them, and who knows the ruin that will come from them both. Both God and the Davidic king appear in Proverbs as agents of wrath. And we're taught to respect authority, both human and divine. What a simple concept to finish this up. Respect authority, both human and divine. Words from the wise. It's a lot to take in in 30 sayings, 30 teachings, a total of 65 verses. None less important than any other. So I go back to what I asked in the open today. When we read all this or hear all this, does it stop there? Or do we meditate on it? Do we dig deeper? Do we constantly seek wisdom? Are we hearers of the word? Or are we doers of the word? Dear Lord, thank you for your teachings, for the chance you give us to acquire wisdom. 
and for that wisdom to provide a path to a future. Lord, not a future of riches on this earth, but a future home where you tell us you have prepared a place. Lord, for those who do not know that path, those who need to repent and turn away from their wicked ways, Lord, I pray they are led to you. Lord, I pray also for those who are on the path, those who are fighting the good fight. I pray peace and protection for them. Lord, I just thank you for all the blessings you give us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.